He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Hello, hello, oh glorious day to you all. This is Evan Wexel, and you're listening to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Why do I have a subtle accent? I don't know. Because it's been a few days of fun, people. It's episode eight. It's fun. I had family things going on over the weekend, and it was good. And so I'm a little late with this episode. But it's okay. You could have taken the time to browse back on all the past archives as we are now on episode number eight. Very funny comedian on the show today. I will tell you more about later. Uh, But please, fun things you can do to support the podcast. Please like, share, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play and where else? Tune in radio. I like to do all this stuff off the top of my head. I don't like to write things down ahead of time as preparation. You can visit the website for the podcast at awkwardwithevan.com. There you can see all the past episodes. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at awkwardwithevan. And please, please, if you can, support this podcast to make it bigger and better every time it comes out and every time I go up to bat. Patreon.com slash funnyevan. I will give you more information on that later. But I'm I'm doing a jolly I'm in a jolly good place right now, guys, because I had a good weekend. I got to go to Disney with some family in town. I got to go see some wrestling with my sister and my little boy Beckett. Beckett, are you there? Are you in the background right now playing on your tablet? Can you say hello? Hello. Who did you high five yesterday, Beckett? Beckett. After John Cena had his triple threat lost, unfortunately, John Cena likes to go around, high-five everyone in the front row. For some reason, I ended up in the second row in Ontario, California. I extended Beckett, like right out of the Lion King. I hoisted him from the second row, beyond the first row, and John Cena was doing his usual thing, and then he went high five the young boy, and uh, a good time was had by all, uh, at least for me. Beckett just went back to going on his tablet. He kind of, we got there accidentally a couple hours early. We, I thought it was 5 p.m. on the on the website. It turned out being 7 p.m., so we killed some time. Um, so Beckett's shelf life was reduced, but we still got a, a good time, great show for uh, the SmackDown crew, guys. Mentioning a lot of wrestling things because I'm going to be talking a lot of wrestling with my guests. Wrestling, video games, and comedy. And that's really all we need. This is, a, this is not an episode about uh, The View. This is not an episode about Sephora or Victoria's Secret. Um, We're going to be talking about some guy stuff or some nerdy guy stuff. I don't know. But it's also good that I had fun over the weekend because I know for the last week we are in the prime election season. We are ready to see who we will elect as the next quote unquote leader of this country. Um, (laughs) This is not a political podcast. This is supposed to be a socially awkward podcast. But I listened to another podcast. Uh... 
uh, by this guy, Grant Cardone. Very, very knowledgeable guy, likes to throw down, uh, doesn't like to mince words. And really, don't worry whether it's Clinton or Trump, because I don't really remember in my lifetime where my life was directly impacted. Really, except for Obamacare, that's really all I directly felt impact of a presidential uh, president's actions, uh, just because, you know, we needed Obama, we had to get health insurance, and I was going to get health insurance, but it changed the rates of health insurance. But don't worry, even if Trump does get elected president, because usually... Tom Hanks was right when he went on Good Morning America. We're going to be okay. But obviously things are a little tough because of who we've narrowed it down to. I understand. And I understand that Hillary Clinton is an obvious choice simply because she is not Donald Trump. That makes me worry as well because you see Hillary, with everyone obviously sees, she's not in a, an overt psychopath. Let's see if she can do the job. I'm just worried with Hillary only because all the bad, bad people out there will see this and they're like, how can I get my hooks into Hillary? Because Hillary, you know, like most politicians, they they got the hooks in them already. So we have to see uh, if Hillary does get elected, how things play out because, you know, we always thought it was supposed to be, got to give it to Donald Trump. This was an election that was predetermined to be Clinton versus Bush uh, episode eight or whatever, because they have their own exclusive club that uh, they're a part of. Uh, and if you guys want, you can Google the Build the Bird group. Uh, nice, nice opening with some conspiracy theories. Uh, but it was supposed to be Clinton versus Bush. And then just Donald Trump just came in and just started belittling him and Jeb with no personality and... I, I don't think he wants to be president. I think he likes talking to large groups of people multiple times a day and being publicized and having his star meter rating go up exponentially. Uh, I'm, but, you know, he's a guy that doesn't really read that well, doesn't, so he doesn't speak that well. Fourth grade vocabulary, great. Short sentences, amazing. Let me tell you this. So... Uh, with him, I, it's kind of cool to have an outsider kind of like bust up the script in politics, but it's almost like he's trying to sabotage himself every single day. There have been amazing comedy skits made where these writers were like, what if we do this? Like, it, like he's having – this is all one big prank. We're all being punked because he's just enjoying the ride. And the thing is, we're idiots. The media – are idiots because you're supposed to ignore someone like this. And we've been slurping him up like an endless smoothie for the last 18 months. And rather than just dismissing it as celebrity talk, we've been giving him like billions of dollars of free publicity. Like, like I'm guessing at least $7 billion of free promotion and publicity has been given to him. He is the first thing you talk about. On every newscast. It's the first thing you mention in school. It's the first thing I'll mention to students that I tutor. It's an easy thing I can mention during my comedy shows because it's so obvious anyone can see it. And whether you respond to that or not, just know that it's there and we're slurping it up and, you know, you just, we're, we're stuck in it. It's all one big pile of celebrity entertainment dung. I mean, 
it's almost as good as professional wrestling lays out their storylines. But this thing, if he wins it, and he, he might, he might win it, it's going to go beyond anything we've ever experienced. Just we can't believe it's happened. Like anything can happen if the dude gets elected. Now, I know there are other options. I will probably be voting for one of the other options. I know I'm divulging this. Uh, I like the literature of most of the political parties. Like I respect why Republicans like Republican values. I respect why Democrats have a purpose and democratic principles. I also respect what libertarianism says. And I'm sure the Green Party is the I know least about, but there are some specific things I would – I'm sure that intrigued me about the Green Party as Beckett is playing Angry Birds in the background. I'll probably vote for the Libertarian guy, Gary Johnson, probably will, because I like what the party stands for. But obviously, the guy needs to know who else runs places in the country, because all it takes when you get that much publicity, you can't have it be bad. I mean, it's okay to get attacked just because you're different, but don't get attacked because you do something stupid. And the guy's been getting a decent amount of publicity. I've been seeing billboards while driving through the Midwest for comedy shows, but you gotta, it's okay. I don't know what Aleppo is either, but you gotta be able to name at least one foreign leader. Here's how you could answer the question. Who's your favorite foreign leader, Gary Johnson? Well, my answer to you is, uh, let's just say it's definitely not Kim Jong-un. End of answer. That's all you need to say. Maybe they'll ask the question again, and he'll be like, let's save that for another day. Just the way he comes off is like he forgot to do his homework, which kind of sucks. So, but again, it doesn't matter who we elect, guys. We determine our own fate. So let's just go out there and have some fun. Because as a comedian and as someone who likes to tutor people, I got to create my own business or else I will descend into nothingness. Just like my guest today, who is amazing. Let's get to this. My comedian uh, comedian guest this week, uh, I had probably my best interview ever. Uh, no offense to any other past guests, which were hugely fun. I just – this comedian, I his name is Ryan Niemiller. Um, he's born with a disability, had birth defects uh, at birth, so we get into that. Um, but I remember having him open for me at a fraternity show uh, when I moved to LA. Like I moved here about a year in and we did a – I did a show and he was – we were talking over Facebook somehow, but I just love this guy's delivery. I love how funny he is. I love how honest he is. And, you know, we just, we, we flowed. I would not be surprised if somehow Ryan and I were to team up for something in the future, but I have all the faith in the world in what this guy can accomplish, um, being funny and, you know, having a disability, you have to make that – to most, that's a liability. To him, you make that an asset. And I think that's something that Ryan is doing. Uh, right now, he's not in LA, but he's coming back. So mark my words, Ryan Niemiller will be a big deal. I'm telling you. So who is this guy? Why did I bring him on? Let's find out right now and let's meet comedian Ryan Niemiller. <laughs> cripple threat of comedy the cripple threat of comedy if you want to go that route yeah, if do. we plan I, on talking at that no, about that at some point then we're going to uh okay so it's uh, knee miller right correct yes nice. body part the beer the what 
the body part, the beer. The body part. The name, the name, okay. No, no MC has gotten my name wrong since I came up with that stupid little phrase. I I could tell people knee miller, and I would get knee miler or nye miller all the time until I came up with body part, the beer, and then no one forgets it. This is amazing. It's good. It's good. I've already started recording before I even introduce you because that's a great tidbit. Okay, excellent. With, my, with mine, I just write my name phonetically, and I like I hyphenate, like I do like W E X hyphen L. So yeah, that's, that's that's pretty much it. Excel. Yeah, for me, I don't care if anyone knows how to spell it; they just need to be able to say it. Yes, <laughs> at least as far as MCs go. Okay, let's do this. So, guys, we've been interrupting you by just jumping into just talking to one another, but let's start this interview. This is socially awkward, and my next Facebook friend is an extremely funny guy that I've had the privilege of seeing live many times, uh, even though he likes to travel around the country like a gypsy. He is the cripple threat of comedy. That's legit. And this is Ryan Niemiller. How are hey, you, Hey, Evan, what's up? Doing good, man. <laughs> This is awesome. It's been forever. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. This is going to be the best sounding interview I've ever done because you've got your mic. I've got my mic. We could we could just make this a regular thing. Yeah, I am actually doing this through the Xbox One. I'm actually surprised with how good it sounds. Usually those kind of add-on apps sound terrible when you try to do it through like a video game console this sounds amazing so what is this like an actual microphone or is it like a headset mic what's the it's a headset this is the same headset i would use if we were playing games right now so if i was playing an online game with you and i was like we were cursing at one another and filming it for youtube that would be you would be like in the total headset like you're in like a world of warcraft kind of setup right now kind of yeah i just have a turtle beach it's a xo4 and yeah, it works really well. <laughs> is Xbox One your game your game system of choice, or what was all time for you? Like, do you have a favorite of all time? Oh, all time, I would probably say it's either going to be Nintendo or Super Nintendo. Okay. Uh, the way that I game, though, like if it's modern stuff, I'm more likely going to play it on Xbox One. But I yeah. literally own twenty consoles now, oh. so I, so I do retro. Connect. I have like a AV switcher, so I can switch between like eight of them at a time. Oh up my, to my TV right now. I have an HDMI switcher I need to set up so I can go between my PS4, my Wii U, my 360, my PS3 that I just got, actually. So, yeah, I'm kind of this. That is my big nerdy thing. It's that and wrestling, which I'm sure we'll talk about as well. (laughs) I'm sure like some hackers right now are jealous of just how well your setup is between devices. Let's pretty. Oh, yeah. And and it's not even as good as some of I've seen. Like it's going to get better. I'm just kind of learning about how to do that part of it now. But. For me, you know, everyone always kind of makes fun of me. They're like, you know, you can just get like emulators or whatever. It's like, no, I want to play it on the hardware that it was intended for. <laughs> oh, are you talking about where they like put like 40 games in one thing and then... Sure. Yeah. Or, I mean, just even the people... I mean, when it comes to the old consoles, right. you can have literally every game made for the Super Nintendo in about a 30-minute download. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you can have everything you ever wanted to play. It is. But number one, it's illegal. Yes. You know, and, and not kind of... I'm not going to talk about the morality of that part of it. <laughs> but also, you know, I like having the Super Nintendo controller and playing it on my television <laughs> the way it was intended. I like having that. Yes, I have like one of those, like the thing is at home in Long Island, I have the Sega Genesis and I play it when I'm back home. So I play like Madden 92. 
Right. Like Lawrence <laughs> Taylor and Barry Sanders and all those guys. Um, but now I'm here, like someone gave me like, a, I guess the emulator with the Sega Genesis, but all these like games are crappy and I kind of want to, I'm trying to sell it on eBay, but I can't wait till like the Nintendo emulator comes out in November where it's like 40 games uploaded up. Oh yeah, the uh, the NES Mini. Yeah, because it seems like yeah. it's going to be a, a legit collection like Double Dragon 2 I remember playing. Uh, I think some Mario Brothers is in there. It's the original Tech Mobile, though mm-hmm. Tecmo Super Bowl may be my game of all time. And I have oh, the absolutely. cartridge at home, but I don't have the system. I don't know where the console is. My mom, every couple years, just goes on a big decluge of everything. But yeah. Well, I have that game complete in box, so next time that I'm out in California, we will play some Tecmo Super Bowl. (laughs) So you'll you'll bring the console with you? Oh, yeah. Uh, When when I'm coming out there, I'm (laughs) intending to move back there. Okay. So I'm bringing the mass of what I have. (laughs) So. So are you intrigued by like the new video games that are coming out now or do you just stay with stay in like that realm of like the aughts or the 90s of what what video uh, games I pl- I play a little bit of everything. I'm not a uh I'm not a grumpy old man yet when it comes to stuff <laughs> like that. You know, so many people and, and that goes with any form of entertainment. It's not just video games, but you know, you get to a certain age and people are like, "Oh, music was so much better when I was younger or athletes were so much better when I was younger." And <laughs> No, not really. It's just you like what you like, and that's fine. But yeah. It's like I'll tell people, yeah, Saturday Night Live was so much better when I was younger, but this time I'd be right because it was Adam Sandler, Chris Farley. and uh, those, those, oh, those. I mean, But you also have – for stuff like that, you have the benefit of looking at it after the fact to yes. see what their legacy became and what they – you know, you can see it in the context after the fact. When you're in the middle of it, yeah. it's hard to recognize something as being, oh, this is genius. It's <laughs> happening right now. You'll know it's genius in 20 years or not. <laughs> so you were telling me you have, like, though, this concept with you and video games. Like, what's your what's your YouTube channel concept? That, that what bridges- I kind of want to do, um, and I guess we probably should explain sure. the cripple threat thing and yes. why this would even be relevant. Yes. Uh, I have a disability in my hands. Uh, basically from the elbow down, uh, there's some bones that are missing. I only have five fingers total. That's why I'm called the cripple threat. Between both hands, there's five fingers. And this is since birth? This is since birth. Yes, this was a birth defect. Okay. So, uh, my mom had the flu really bad. (laughs) That's about all we know as far as the, you know, context of the why. It's not genetic. No one else in my family has anything like it. Uh, My brother did lose a thumb in an accident because he wanted to be like me. But other than that, uh, (laughs) you know, it's like Ryan. If I could be like Ryan, want to be pretty much. That's what it was. It's I've heard of younger brothers wanting to be like their older siblings. But that's ridiculous. That's that's commitment to the cause. Ryan would jump off a bridge. Would you jump off a bridge? Well, let's just start with the appendages and we'll go. Exactly. We'll put baby steps. (laughs) Um, Um, And and so what I kind of want to do. I eventually, once I get all the tech and stuff set up for it and figure out how to edit and things like that, which I'm trying to learn, uh, I kind of figure that being a guy with half hands who's pretty good at video games is a pretty interesting concept. Plus, I've been a you know I've been a stand up comic for ten years, <laughs> and I've been a stage actor for fifteen. Sure, like I I think I have some chops. Where there's people that make a ton of money playing video games who are just dudes who have never talked in front of a microphone or been in front of a crowd, right? Ever, and they do really well. So you probably would do like a, a thing, maybe like a picture in picture, where you would have you, a video on you and then a video on the screen and would you be like cursing is this yourself playing by yourself you think or would you like it'd just- be me playing um you know i know enough people from doing stand up and yeah. such for so long yeah. that you know i think it'd just be cool to play video games with your buds 
you know, just get together. I know enough people that I think it'd be interesting. And you would throw insults and they would insult your crippleness and all that stuff. So that would be the bard. Yeah. And the way I look at it. Yeah. You know, they always kind of say, like, if you enjoy something, figure out a way to make money with it. Right. I'm, I'm going to be playing these video games anyway. Yeah. Like, if, if you never hear from me again, you can guarantee I'm probably playing video games somewhere, <laughs> you know? So I might as well try to do something where I can be entertaining and, you know, not necessarily be on the road constantly, have something else that I can do that's a little more stationary. So we could put you in the Dos Equis commercials and just replace the beer with video games, and that'd be pretty, pretty much. Accurate. Pretty much. Now, that's far off. Let me watch some wrestling every once in a while. But other than that, <laughs> we'll be good. Indeed. And and just to go back, like with your, your hands, perfect hand-eye coordination, it's just that you have like less fingers to work. Correct. With. So yes. you can type I, and drive and all that. Oh, fine. absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I type 70 words a minute. Whoa. I played sports all the way through high school. You know, Whoa. I was on our varsity football team. Like no I was way. legit. I trained to be a pro wrestler for a little while. Holy cow. Like, so it's, it's stuff that I've, I've figured it out. <laughs> Well, you'd like to hear this wrestling story. I went, I don't know where I was coming from with my kid, but we went to like this hole in the wall kind of pizza place. And we're just, you know, he's throwing, raising hell, my kid Beckett, and like yelling. And then we order pizza. We start eating the pizza. And then this mother walks in and, uh, and asks, is the food any good here? And I'm like, it's good. I've had other stuff besides the pizza. So then she walks in, then the, her kid walks in, and then the husband Rikishi walks in. Oh, it's nice. a place. <laughs> and it's funny because like his ass is it's like when you say the camera adds a hundred pounds, like the camera adds like four ass cheeks with Rikishi. <laughs> four, or, like, four entirely life. new asses. <laughs> like you could have had three chairs and it would have been fine for him. But like it was amazing. This but he was like he was a cool guy. So that was my uh Yeah, I've my, heard this right now. I'm, I'm down in Pensacola, Florida right now, which is where a lot of them like, you know, Roman Reigns right, is from so I'm there. I'm assuming you're stalking Roman Reigns or having tea parties with his daughter while he's sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually went to a, a, a kind of hole in the wall indie show no a couple weeks ago and Sika of the Wild Samoans yeah. was just randomly at the show. He still runs a promotion around here. Right. And so, so it was just kind of neat that like, oh, hey, Sika's over there. That's neat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, any other names you recognize that were at the show? Oh, at the show now. It was yeah. it, it was a small – it was fun. Like you, you go into those shows knowing what they're going to be and you have right. – your expectations determine the fun you're going to have. <laughs> so what determined uh, – like what kind of training – how far did you get in your training to be a wrestler? I did not get – that far i don't want to make it sound like i was so close and got it i, I trained for about three months yeah and i found that my back couldn't take it oh just like taking a bump yeah it, it wasn't so much my arms that part was fine right but part of having my disability is that like i have to bend over further to do things right so over time that's been deteriorating my back yeah and so doing that and kind of going through it like i probably could have pushed through and but i was like what's the payoff for this? You know, like yeah. it was in pain a lot, even after just three months. And I was like, I don't know if this is what I want to do forever. I could see you as like an, an off, like a second cousin of the Wyatt family. I think that would right. work if you keep the beard long. And like, if the hair is growing out right now, I think that that could be a thing for you. Like, I don't I, know. I, I ended up, it worked out because originally why I wanted to like, I, I got a theater degree, mm-hmm. and you know the reason I started getting into that sort of field is because I wanted it to help me be a wrestler. Sure. And the nice thing was, after I found out, oh, my back's not going to be able to handle being a wrestler, luckily I enjoyed performing still. 
Mm-hmm. So I kind of segued that into, hey, let's be an actor. Let's do stand-up. Let's sure. do things like that. And I've really enjoyed that. So I can't complain too much. So you were doing theater before stand-up? Yes. What, and was it more like just classical theater, or just stage plays? Or? Essentially, yes. I'm, I'm, you know, I got a degree from Indiana State. Nice. Uh, in theater with an acting emphasis. So, mm-hmm. you know, I did probably 10, 15 shows while I was in college. I've done yeah. a little bit of professional summer stock theater. Um, I fell in love with stand-up a lot more than I did acting, mm-hmm. so I've done. A, I've focused a lot more on doing stand-up since I've started that. But you know, it's still something I do occasionally, and I enjoy doing. And it really helped me with stand-up, which was nice. Oh, that's cool. And so you kind of like when was your first stand-up? Where was it? Was it at college or was it after college? No, I did it a really backwards kind of way. <laughs> um, I knew that there was comedy everywhere. I was so naive, though, that I didn't think you could start comedy unless you were in a big city. Right. You know, I knew comics would come to Indianapolis, but I figured they were all sent from New York. They were oh. sent from L.A. <laughs> so I literally did. I moved to L.A. and started doing open mics there. That was my first experience doing stand up. Right. So the first shows I did, I took a class at the Ice House. Yeah. OK. OK. Which is still my favorite club, I think, ever. Okay. I love that club so much. And. You know, I started just doing classes there because, I, I mean, I didn't know where else to start. I moved out to L.A. and I had a buddy who had an open room and he said I could basically live with them rent free as long nice. as I was trying to work. And so at that point, I was like, I don't know where to go. So I kind of just Googled stand up classes or something like that and found a class and went to it and got hooked and been doing it for about a decade now. Wow. Then did you do like Uncle Clyde's when you were there at the Ice House? I did, I, yes. I did some of those too. Yeah, I did that. I won one of the... Uh, the five comics on a side of whatever they did, yeah, like one of Clyde's. And I know I advanced. I think I advanced, but I don't know if I, yeah, I never got past the semis. Yeah, I, I remember I ended up losing in the finals because somebody <laughs> literally brought like 140 yeah. of the 180 people. And yeah, that, will be it, it. It, it, that, that was when I got my first experience, that contest. It's good <laughs> stage time. It's good. You know, you can meet some people, but it's not a real thing really <laughs> right, contest yes yeah i mean it's all i mean comedy the comedy itself i always tell people like it's a bringer like if i do a like a seminar i'm like dane, dane cook when he sells out the garden that's really just a big ass bringer for him and he can thank my space for that so right oh absolutely <laughs> um awesome so so what's your best, like, I like you go on stage, obviously they see your cripple threat of comedy. Like, do you have like your best icebreaker kind of jokes for them? Because I know like all your stuff that I've seen myself has been hilarious. Some I probably can't see on this podcast, but sure. But yeah, still, it, like, I, I can work a little blue. Kids are saying. <laughs> but what are your best like icebreakers like to get to get everyone to be like comfortable again? And like, you know, you talk about that for the first three minutes so that you can do your universal material afterwards. Like I actually kind of go a little backward with that. One of the things I like to do is, you know, say I'm doing a headlining set, I'm doing 45 minutes. Nice. I like to spend about the first five to 10, not mentioning it at all. Yeah. Cause I want to build that tension. I want to feel (laughs) cause you can hear it, you know, they'll, they'll be laughing, they'll be enjoying it. But at the same time, they're like, he's got to know, right? Like, (laughs) Should we tell him? Like what? Like, <laughs> Maybe his parents never told him, and he just thinks he's clumsy. Like, do like, we do we like, mention it? Or like clumsy sympathy or something? Like, do I feel sympathetic exactly. or do I? Join? Yeah. So they're laughing, but like it's that tension. Like, <laughs> like he's gonna mention it, and I don't know when, and I'm really uncomfortable right now. It's like there was just a fight, and we have to now laugh still. Like exactly. So, so then usually, you know, after I get through that, I'll say something like, oh, yeah, I love doing stand-up comic. I love this. It was always my dream. Um, I've had other jobs in the past, though. I used to juggle chainsaws. 
right. You know, it went well for a while. I had to get out. Couldn't take the politics. <laughs> you know, so I'll do I'll do something like that. You know, or I bite my nails. <laughs> I should probably cut that out. You know, oh, just something God. kind of simple that you can kind of feel them go, okay. <laughs> But now what do we laugh at? <laughs> what, so, so if we YouTube search, like can we like for some of those jokes, like if we like YouTube search you or is there like a certain video we should watch to like um, see some of this stuff? I have a 30 minute clip that's up okay. uh, from a show I did at Crackers in Indianapolis a couple years ago. OK, that sort of has that arc. Nice. Uh, it's not necessarily safe for work. I, there's right. some language and sure. such that takes place that's in it fine. later. Uh, but but that kind of gives like an idea of that, what I do. They'll wear we'll wear headphones. It's okay. Excellent. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, and, and for for me, I've always found it's a it's a weird thing that I've had to kind of learn through trial and error. Yep. When you have a disability, like I obviously I have to talk about it in some context. Sure. Otherwise, it's a missed opportunity. There's not a lot of comics that look like me right. that have what I have. You know, it's for. Yeah. Pun intended, I have a hook <laughs> that I can do, you know, something that sets me apart. It's an asset, man. It's like exactly. Uh, but it's, it's like finding that. that fine line between making people laugh, but not making them feel bad for me. Right. There's some things that I think are hilarious, <laughs> but I would get more awe oh, than, than laughter. And that's not what I'm going for. You know, I don't want to be a sympathetic character just based on. Oh, he's crippled, so let's feel bad for him. He has a heart of gold. <laughs> he's got- right, and we don't know that. Like, I remember following your Facebook posts, and, like, you have these sympathetic things because it's like you're either playing video games or you're reminiscing about getting rejected by girls. Right, like, exactly. What are, is it, like, girls that, like, they knew or they didn't know or they were, like, what – is there a funny, like, or unfortunate story involving uh- ladies – I'm, I, I guess it's more like a, a consistent thing, and, and I'm not. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like no woman out there will ever love. Uh, I, I'm past that part of my life. No, I, there you're, was you're there was golden. a long period of time where you think like, oh, I'm just so handicapped. No one can ever love a, a freak. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and and you get over it eventually. You know, yeah. it's it's part of it. Um, but you know, there has been certain situations, and I and I don't want I don't want to call okay. anyone out specifically. Sure, but <laughs> obviously. But let's talk but about people will Beverly. look at you and, <laughs> exactly. But you know, there has been situations where you know a girl would break up with me because her family was giving her crap for dating oh. someone that was disabled, and they just couldn't handle that anymore. Oh man, you could just do a takeoff of like the movie Mask or something like that. It's like it's okay, she's blind, so you know, no worries. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I found that's the biggest thing. It's never so much the girls I'm dating. Yeah. It's how the people close to them react to them dating someone that's quote unquote lesser than them. Right. You know, it's like, oh, he seems like a nice guy, but couldn't you date a normal fella? <laughs> you know, and so, and, and a lot of women, they just can't. And, and I, I don't fault them for it. I don't want to, you know, throw them under the bus, but that's a lot of pressure. If you're really close to your parents and yeah. they don't want you to date a handicapped guy, what do you do? You know? That sucks. I just because you you like your personality. It's like it's it's such a magnetic, like charismatic personality. Like it's and amazing. that's always the thing that baffled me. I would meet their parents and they'd love me. Yeah, and then they'd be like, ah, but we don't know about that part. And they go, okay, we'll get rid of them. <laughs> it's like, like it's so it's always so weird. Like I've never had someone's parents not like me. It's bonkers. Just, oh, whatever. It's, like, it's, it's giving like me the footloose. freedom to like, go wherever I want and do the things I want to do, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> right, because you did. Did you did laughs the the Steve Hofstetter show on Fox? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, I was on the uh, first season of that. So that was fun. They filmed that like a whole bunch of people at a club. 
Yeah, I was on, I was at that actually the first taping. They did the first taping nice. at Morty's Comedy Joint in Indianapolis. Nice. We just started my de facto home club for when I was still in Indiana. Cool. Um, my clip, I, I I think other people have done it, but like my clip actually went viral yeah, for a while, which was right. cool. I, yeah. What was it? What was the content? Do you remember? Uh, the joke was basically, um, it was uh, people. A lot of times when they first meet me, they don't know what to do about my disability. Right. So what they'll do to kind of make it easy for themselves they mention something to me i can't do uh-huh. and then say that sucks like that's their way of sort of dealing with it <laughs> right um and, and one of the examples i use probably the reason it went viral um is actually from a five-year-old girl who saw me right uh and by the way if you're ever feeling pretty good about yourself let a five-year-old girl verbally kick you in the nuts that'll <laughs> fix that for you oh, uh, but this little girl and she saw me and she screamed when she saw me uh and it was like a loud scream too uh, which is why, um, a side note, um, anytime I'm out in public now and I see a child staring at my arms, I like to pretend that I'm discovering them for the first time, too. <laughs> so I'll be like, what are you looking at? Oh, my God. What happened? <laughs> Call somebody. <laughs> so that was essentially the bit right yeah. there. I know. That was good. And one time you did, I got you to open for me. I think we did, I did a Theta Chi at UCLA. It was at, uh, UCLA, yeah. Yeah, I think this was back probably in 2006. This is like a long, you're probably just starting out, like a year in Yeah, I think it was, like, it was like 2006, 07. Yeah, I started 07. in 2006, so it yeah, was in but, that ballpark. Yeah, but you were still like good back then. So, I mean, I think it was, just, it was funny. I mean, I was like, you have like real jokes. I'm like, I'm just up there with a guitar, like trying to hope that the song is good. Otherwise, I'm screwed for the next four minutes until sure. this thing is over. Well, the nice thing is, too, if you have a guitar, you can just... You can play some music, get the guitar solo while I figure out what I'm going to do next. Or I'll just, I say like, usually sometimes I'm like John Mayer's uh, shitty brother, Ron Mayer. I'm like, no, John Mayer cover <laughs> band, Ron Mayer. <laughs> I'm a Jason Mraz cover band, uh, Racing oh. Mraz. <laughs> racist Mraz. No, or racist Mraz. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes all, all lives matter. So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we are going to get back to the funny Ryan Niemiller. But first, cue the jazz music. I want to describe to you the magic that is Patreon.com. Patreon.com is a website, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, where creators like me can receive the support from fine ladies and gentlemen like yourselves. So if you go to Patreon.com slash funny Evan, here's the deal. I have various fundraising goals to hit to enhance this podcast, and you could have various reward tiers you can achieve to show that you're supporting the podcast. Um, Right now, it's just my mom, which is kind of lame, so I'm looking for help for as little as a dollar a month. You guys can be part of my awkward army. That shows that you, for as little as a dollar a month, have access to my Patreon feed, all the sneak previews, maybe bonus material can be found right there. For $3 a month, you will be getting a certificate saying you are a member of the Awkward Army, and even when we get up to $5 a month, you will get one of those snazzy Evan Wexel smartphone wallets that you can affix to the back of your phone. So that way, when you go out, you don't have to bring a purse or a wallet. You don't have to go through airport security and fish through it. You just can throw an ID in there, a credit card in there, some cash in there. Easy to access. Lights on the carrying materials, and you are good to go. I offer... 
sponsorship or not, no, not even sponsorship. I offer support tiers where you actually could be the title sponsor. That's the top level. Why, why even be reasonable? If you guys want to really take a take a hold, take the bull by the horns, title sponsor this podcast. And it doesn't mean like, you know, McDonald's presents socially awkward with Evan Wexel. I will say all hail McDonald's. Even if I don't like McDonald's, I, they put the money up. If you guys want to support, I will give you guys mention every time I say the title of this podcast. So please check out patreon.com slash funny Evan to see how you can help me out so that I can expand and make this an amazing podcast where I can get to all the 4,000 plus Facebook friends that I have. But for now, the friend of the hour, the man, the funny man, the cripple threat of comedy man, Ryan Neemiller. Okay, so let's let's jump into the wrestling then. Are you wrestling Absolutely. all your life? Wrestling fan since a, a young I've child? I've been a wrestling fan since uh, – I actually say this. I'm very tired. Last night, actually, I did some gigs in Missouri. Uh, I went to Clash of Champions in Indianapolis. Holy crap. Where were you sitting? Um, with my sister and her husband, and then I drove immediately from that so I could get to my day job today in Pensacola, Florida. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> so, that's just like wrestlers that have to do that after their show. Oh, absolutely. So it's like, yeah, I, I've been a wrestling fan – pretty much hardcore since i was 11 okay uh i'm 34 now okay so that takes you uh, back to the right before to, the wars the monday this was 93 oh yeah. okay so, so it's the, like, the thing that actually got me hooked on wrestling and this is the dumbest thing to say now yeah but i was flipping through the channels and there was a, a ambulance they were doing a stretcher angle right um because doink the clown <laughs> took off his fake arm and clubbed crush with it <laughs> And Crush was being taken to the hospital, and for some reason I was captivated <laughs> by that, and I started watching, and I got really deep into it. Once the internet hit, I started to become one of those really annoying, smarky uh, wrestling fans, and learn. I wanted to learn all the inside of how things worked. And so you've been like that since like the internet was like a, since you could look up internet rumors. You're pretty, pretty much, much I've on been the pulse. hardcore on doing that. Yes, nice. I didn't know. I mean, I knew of it. I didn't until I got an iPhone and I started like being able to have other podcasts to listen to and mm-hmm. you know bleacher report team stream and stuff like that i never really got the inside like dirt and all that stuff and you know some of it's good some of it's bad but yeah it's it's interesting it's like that's the reality it's, we it, need. It, it's it's for me it's like almost as interesting a world as what actually happens in wrestling Absolutely. you know like there's that part of it there's the stage show and then there's the okay the the personnel these people don't like this people or this person's gonna leave because of a contract dispute yeah. and like that stuff is interesting. I actually found out about your son going viral through looking at those se- uh those like dirt sheets and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that was I a- saw a clip randomly of like, you know, it was like, you know, two-year-old kid knows all these theme music. And I was like, "Oh, it's interesting." And I was like, "Oh, it's Evan. What's up?" <laughs> I was very random. I mean, that was probably what celebrity felt like for me cuz I was literally great timing. I was just in New York at the time when this was happening, I was just like in my parents' living room and I'm just seeing like inbox, inbox, inbox for like YouTube comment, YouTube comment, YouTube comment. And I still get them to this day, but it's always like people that are like, oh, he's totally looking at the screen. He's reading the names off the screen. I'm like, if the dude, he's two, but if he was able to read it too, that would be more amazing. I was like, yeah, that's still pretty impressive regardless. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I'm double clicking to the next song. So like um, there's no picture. I think with NXT video, I did an NXT video with him, and I think he mm-hmm. was able to see a little of the art. And I think I over rehearsed him for the NXT video. Sure. So he like almost knew it ahead of time too much. But he's he's much less uh less pliable now. He'll kind of do whatever he wants now. But 
I'll still uh, I'll try to get him to the headquarters like once a year. Uh, sure, yeah, that like, was definitely very cool. You know, I would see the pictures with you and and Hunter and you yeah, and Stephanie, and I was that like, That's was awesome, amazing. I was like, how do I get? Like, I wish I'd said some things differently, or I wish I said more when I spoke to them. But that was that was pretty awesome. I mean, yeah, vi- going viral is crazy, especially with wrestling fans because. You know, Stephanie McMahon retweeted it, and then, like, their social media guy posted it everywhere, and next thing you know, Beckett's going from, like, 300 likes on Facebook to over 2,000, and now he's, like, almost 3,000. And I'll say, yeah, and, and the WWE social marketing yeah. machine is ridiculous, it's like, the nuts. amount of followers they get, the YouTube views they get. Right, and they even, like, the music account posted a happy birthday to him for four, and they put oh, the nice. video. So that was, like, an extra 200, 300 people that liked him out of nowhere. And I find that a lot of it is, like, they have so many fans in, like, Pakistan, Egypt, and, like, India. There's, like, he, Beckett has, like, hundreds of fans from these cities. <laughs> nice. It's very bizarre. Like, the names of the people that like his page, it just, it just shows their reach. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is definitely cool. Yeah, it was definitely cool to to see that, and so and good for him. <laughs> yeah, it would, you know, he's where are they now? We'll see. We'll see right. if he's like. I did, actually, I wrote for. He'll one of the be dirt signing sheets. at a mall with Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> Just be those two alone well, at a table. That's what I did. I wrote. I wrote for a daily DDT for a handful of months, and I figured, ah, what the hell? They need content, so I wrote a "Where are they now?" Uh, for Beckett. And it was okay. like he's three. <laughs> Where has he been since he was two? What's and, he been up to? <laughs> yeah. So like we did like a rock band video, but you know it was just a, a he sells real story. estate, isn't that what they I all know. do? Once I they're done, be, like, he's in and out he got of his real estate license. He opened a car dealership in like Akron, <laughs> Ohio, and you know just trying to put things together. Um, he's training for MMA. <laughs> <laughs> please don't. Oh, that's that's. Oh man, every time like I know CM Punk isn't in the WWE, it's just like it's a stomach punch over and over again it's so rough for me um i don't know what your opinion is on on him or how is i enjoy him as a performer yeah um i've never heard a good thing about him as a person yeah (laughs) for me though people who know him people who have met him through various ways Mm -hmm. and and like i said he can be whoever he wants he's not required to be nice to every human on the planet i'm not saying that whatsoever but he, he always just strikes me as someone that like he's still trying to get back at people who bullied him when he was a kid it's like dude you're super successful you won like it's okay (laughs) yeah i mean he just always has that chip i mean i think he probably and that's part of why he's probably so successful he always has that chip so it makes him work so much harder but like occasionally i'd be like dude relax it's gonna be all right (laughs) yeah i mean i hope i hope at least i hope he accepts maybe an invitation to the hall of fame because he should definitely go into the hall of fame i mean other people have probably sued wwe to go into the hall of fame later on down the road Sure. Uh, I mean, if Bret Hart can get there, so can him. Right. Uh, So can he. But, you know, it's uh, a little little rough, rough to see him get his ass kicked and then to see him like that ear. I I did actually earn a lot of respect for him on that because I think he knew he was going to get his ass kicked. You could tell he's like, I'm going to get just destroyed. And he went out there. He took his lumps like a man. He didn't whine about it. And. I mean, he's making a half million dollars, so I'm sure that made it easier. But <laughs> And I think that guy, Mickey, he's just like, he was just too fast. He's too young and spry, I think. And uh, yeah, once you miss the first punch, you're just, it's over. That's, that's it. You're that's done. It. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> so we'll see. Hopefully he fights, you know, someone else or uh, we'll see. 
Um, who was your favorite growing up? Then in 1993, you're into wrestling. Was Doink or Crush your favorite guy, or did you have a favorite uh, I, guy? I was a big fan of Crush, actually, for a little <laughs> okay. while. Did, did you um, play Crush in any of the wrestling video games? Because I know he is in one on like Genesis. He, he's in the old uh, Royal Rumble right. game. Yep. Um, but who I played was my actual favorite during that time was Tatanka. Oh. I was always a huge Tatanka fan. Yes. I, I, I've always liked kind of more, not necessarily guys that are obscure, but right. like, you know, during the Attitude Area, my, uh, my favorites, you know, I, I liked The Rock. I liked Austin. I liked the NWO stuff. But like sure. my favorites would be like randomly Hardcore Holly. Yeah. Something about him I just really enjoyed. And like like some of those lesser guys, like I really liked Chris Jericho before he was like blowing up. Sure. You know, so kind of when he was doing the, you know, the crybaby stuff and the stuff with <laughs> Ralph Fiss and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I liked those type of characters, like the more underdog kind of guys. And uh, well, Tatanka, he was in like the Royal, Ro- the Ro- no Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Like, yes, he was yeah, random, just randomly was around, just randomly and... in there. Uh, it's kind of nuts. Um, I guess I could ask you then, what was your, uh, what's your thoughts on how things are right now? We've got AJ Styles as a WWE champion. We got Kevin Owens as the Universal champion, and you know, it, it's stuff like. Uh, I- part of it like i really enjoy it like i'm someone who when it comes to wrestling i can be a pessimistic guy in normal yeah. life uh-huh. when it comes to wrestling i choose to enjoy it yeah even when it's quote-unquote bad sure so like if anything i have found that this time now like i think it's actually pretty good now like yeah. like wwe puts on consistently great matches it has all these quote-unquote indie darlings who yep. you would never like who would have ever thought you would see kota abushi wrestling in wwe rings like stuff right. like that where you're like that is insane. And then you'll look on like internet forums and people are like, oh, the writing is so bad. This, uh, <laughs> Like you have literally almost everything you've ever wanted. Like St- AJ Styles is there. Kevin Owens is there. Sami Zayn is there. You know, they're probably going to sign Zack Sabre Jr. They're probably going to sign Ricochet. Yes. You know, all these things, all these like crazy guys that you would never get. A ch- TJ Perkins is, yes. <laughs> you know, Kendrick's back. Like all this kind of, they're doing a real cruiserweight division where they're letting them wrestle like cruiserweights and do what they do and be oh well yeah but i, I like i would have liked this better so the whole thing sucks <laughs> like shut up i was just kendrick would still be called the brian kendrick because they're only letting him be brian kendrick now well i think they announce him as the brian kendrick uh, but then that's about it they don't really oh, play it up man. as a thing like it's the official name and then whatever it's that's that's all i mean it was great to listen to daniel Bryan get all into it um, when like rooting for him openly during a tournament sure. is like like because broadcasters would never do that rooting for an athlete. So sure, yeah, I like how they kind of treated it like it was a real tournament, you know, for as real as pro wrestling tournaments can be, obviously. But it's they re- treated it like they were kind of shoot fights almost, like it was an actual athletic competition. And well, I mean, T.J. Perkins was all marked up after his double. Oh, absolutely! Duty. Oh, he got chopped. Uh, destroyed yeah. his chest there but uh, i mean it's kind of cool though i remember watching tj perkins randomly at a pwg show when i was living out in la this oh, was probably so 2008 PW- whoa so you oh, went yeah. to one of them when they were like half full only and uh, uh and they were still doing pretty good then because right. they had a pretty good roster you know like daniel bryan was there Damn. still there when i went to the show chris hero low-key sure uh human tornado is actually an old buddy of mine whoa uh from when he uh, he had tore his knee up pretty bad and he kind of tried to do stand up a couple times and I was sort of trying to help him through it and you know help him with something but but he's still a friend of mine to this day uh the young bucks same thing I know Whoa. Nick pretty well um you know they'd be on the show Kenny Omega who is like the biggest star in Japan right now he was on the show 
So it's pr- pretty much a lot of you get to see uh, El Generico. So Sami Zayn was on it. Wow. Basically, like like the upper card of the WWE from the last few years was on the show. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, one of my friends took me to my first one uh, several months ago, and it was cool. It was cool. I mean, I think they they overhyped it for me, like how the, good the crowd is. The crowd was definitely great. I just loved like the intimacy of it all. And, uh, you know, it's like, I'm the best, I loved where I was sitting. I was sitting like back against the stage. So like the broadcasting table was right behind me. Oh, okay. And I was able to not have to move too much. Like I wouldn't get too many like wrestlers barreling into the crowd. Right. For any of that. Um, but it was cool. It was more like, I was worried like I'd see the other fans that were there and I would like show them like Beckett's thing. Like they would know of my kid, like the other four horsewomen of Ronda Rousey's friends. Like they all knew him which was kind of so, funny. So. That is very cool. Yeah, those indie shows can be a little weird sometimes. Like, I love wrestling. Right. But but I don't necessarily love wrestling fans all the time. Sure. It can be a little hard to stomach people who are... Like, chanting for the sake of chanting. Yeah, um, like they want it to be about themselves. You know, it's, it's like going it's like doing a stand-up show, and yeah. the heckler keeps talking because he wants the show to be about him oh, instead God. of what the actual... And it's like, yeah, you might say something clever occasionally, but this isn't about you, dummy. Shut up. <laughs> like, we're trying to <laughs> let us do our thing. I just feel like wrestler fans, like, they always need something to complain about. And, like, I think oh. once Daniel Bryan won the title, it was like, what do we complain about, Ziggler? But, eh, Bryan's got the title. We're good. But I guess now, yeah. like, before Reigns was suspended, Roman Reigns is like a great thing to complain about and i think we we still can complain about him but were you are you in like are you pro reigns anti reigns where you stand on him uh, i'm i'm pro watching him wrestle he yeah. has he hasn't had a bad match in a while no, like he, he put doesn't. on and, and it's not only it, it's the same thing people say about cena you know like oh, cena can't wrestle well cena hasn't had a bad match in what eight nine years really right. You know, the thing that stands up is awful. And it's not, it can't always be the other guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Cena had a great match with great Kali for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, you can't say Kali carried him. Um, I, I was a little bummed just because for, for a while they were definitely like, Reigns is going to be the guy. Right. Deal with it. I yep. think he's pretty interesting now after he had the suspension and they kind of, yeah. reigned, pan intended again, reigned him back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I think he's actually been pretty entertaining. Right. Like I, I like him, but if he was a heel, I would love him because the one time he told like the crowd to shut up like a couple months ago, like, mm-hmm. yes, like I've been waiting for that. They just need it. They, we, we have this all pent up in our system to like, sure. but the thing that's going to happen though, and it's the mm-hmm. same thing where they can't ever turn Cena heel really. Right. And range isn't quite there yet, but like right. if you turn Cena heel, he's going to be the biggest face in the company. Right. <laughs> because yeah. all these, you know, nerds who are like, that's what you need to do. Make him a heel. And that will, like they're going to lose their mind and all love it. <laughs> and then it's going to defeat the purpose. And you can't be a heel if you're getting cheered by <laughs> 100% of the audience. Well, I like I like Reigns enough now to where I feel like maybe they're setting him up to have a rematch with Lesnar at WrestleMania to finally be the one that beats him cuz it feels like Lesnar just came off so smug and like who gives a crap about like making Orton bleed or doing whatever he wants and sure. all that stuff. But, uh, you know, Heyman, yeah. Heyman's great at, like, the conspiracy theory of, like, Lesnar does whatever he wants to do. He's like, could you see the video about uh, Heyman's, like, conspiracy theory about WrestleMania 30? 
No. Uh, where he's basically he's basically like playing, you know, like the JFK assassination theory in terms of the Undertaker streak. Maybe Brock Lesnar wanted to break the streak, and the only way he would defeat the Undertaker was to put the Undertaker down so he couldn't get up. Like that he legitimately wanted to mess him up. And I don't think he did, but Heyman's just so great at like planting that seed there. Yeah, what exactly. If? So you kind of think, oh, well, maybe that was it, you yeah. know? And, I mean, even the thing where everyone was talking about like, oh, that was a shoot ending with the Orton match right. at SummerSlam. Was, and like, this, no, it probably wasn't. Just over the top. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it just it, it got a little carried away. And, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it was, yeah. So but, but, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I like when they kind of, if something like that, you can blur the lines. Like Lesnar is such a quote unquote real athlete. Right. That you can do stuff like that and blur the lines because he is someone that could probably murder most of them (laughs) if he wanted to (laughs) legitimately, you know, like if he just had that, he has that in him. He's a scary man. Right. And I feel like Reigns could be the only one who like, he took it during the Seth Rollins cash in WrestleMania. So I feel he could probably be the one to slay him because yeah, i mean he's really the only one that i see on the roster who's kind of set up in a position where i mean maybe he's owens, built in a way you could do it yeah, yeah i mean maybe owens i mean the whole idea of like goldberg coming back and fighting lesnar i feel like that's just that's just a, a disappointment waiting to happen sure i wouldn't like, do that at mania no. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it oh I maybe like the, royal rumble or something that would be yeah the cool. spectacle of it i think would be like oh okay yeah that's kind of neat but so being a big wrestling fan like it's a pretty much the frustrating part about now. I think it's just like it's it's a part time job, and it doesn't pay because it's like three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, hour of NXT, every other week pay per view, three hours. Like, are you able oh. to watch everything? Do you with your job? I or? I, I try. Uh-huh. Um, I I normally work. I mean, and doing stand up and shows like that. You know, we work at night, right? So that's part of it. Um, I've, I watch a lot of stuff on, uh, not necessarily torrents, but I can find like live streams or, you know, recorded streams right. after the fact. Um, I'll, I'll watch NXT. NXT is one of my favorites. I like, I just like the show because it's, it's an hour. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Like, you know, you, you get good wrestling, you can get interesting characters. It's done in an hour. You yep. can move on with your day. Yeah. Uh, so I, I try to watch. I always follow. I know what's going on. I'll read results. I'll read things and to do my best to see everything. I'll watch the pay-per-views because basically any th- stuff like that I can watch whenever. Right. Makes it a little easier. Right. I mean, it's, if, if you ever have Hulu, I mean, Hulu has like the 90-minute Raw the night after or mm-hmm. SmackDown after. Or sometimes if I miss something or my DVR just sucks and doesn't tape it, it's like YouTube clips and I'll find that'll be it for sure. the week and then read the yeah, reviews. But, but it, you're right, though. It's hard to to keep up with that and and heaven forbid you have a busy week and you want to try to watch everything like like i'll I'll sometimes you know i'll fire something up on my laptop while i'm playing video games or something else i'll kind of have two things going at once well how can you do that while playing video games because you actively have to be oh you mean you'll be putting the wrestling on the laptop yes okay so so wrestling will kind of be like my background noise because i mean as much as i love wrestling three hours of raw isn't eyeballs glued to television excitement right. the entire time you know if something good's happening i'll pause the game i'll take a look and be like okay yeah jericho's awesome i want to watch jericho yes. or you know something like that but if they're throwing jinder mahal versus someone out there like <laughs> oh, i could probably just listen to that and things will be all right like so i try to keep up that way but it, it's it's really hard to focus and that's you know, I have a buddy who's big into Japanese wrestling, and he'll oh, recommend, yeah. like, oh, you need to watch this from uh, New Japan that happened this week. So I'll right. try to catch you, things like that, too. Did you see, like, the Will Ospreay Ricochet match at, at all? Or I did it? the one that uh, yeah. that everyone lost their mind over yeah. for some reason. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't like the, even 
the first few minutes spotty. Yeah, I mean, the first few minutes was kind of acrobatty, but yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, it was as it was no more ridiculous than any indie match that I've seen over the last several years. Like, you know, I, I understand not liking that that style, but I don't right. see why that became the poster child for a while of like bad. Mm. It was no, it was whatever. It's yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It would be like Ricochet will Osprey meets Final Deletion TNA. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Brother gosh. Ricochet. I haven't seen Delete or Decay or whatever it's called. I have to, well, I don't even watch TNA, but I did like yeah, I Aaron. There might not be any TNA to watch after yeah, this week, apparently. I, oh my gosh. I mean, I did like Sandow's uh, a- a opening promo as Aaron Rex on yeah, TNA. Yeah, and TNA is one of those things like, you know, I'm not going to be a the yeah. TNA sucks kind of guy, but yeah. when there's already so much wrestling going on and I work a full-time job yeah. and I'm doing shows yeah. and I play video games and something just has to give. And I, that's, I don't watch Lucha Underground for the same reason. Uh, I was going to ask. I've, I've, I've heard it's great. I've heard, I have no reason to believe, it's, but I want to watch from the beginning. Yes, you should. I think now it's, now that it's on iTunes, it's great. But I mean, I have it where it's dvr it's on it's you know it's based filmed in la so it airs out here on we mm-hmm. have el ray because you know high latino population so it's sure great. um but yeah i mean i kind of have been following and it. It, it, it's cool it's a really cool I, show I, i've watched little things kind of in a vacuum right and i found it's a show you can't enjoy because like i watched some random episode and there was like time travel or like spacemen <laughs> something weird was going on right but i'm sure in the kind con- and i don't need my i'm not someone who needs my wrestling to be ultra realistic right but in a vacuum it was nonsense like i had no idea what was going on i didn't know the context of why this was happening and i was like i probably need to watch this from like episode one and <laughs> yeah see everything. i mean they're they're making it more heavy with the vignettes and mm-hmm. uh which is fine but i mean the wrestling still is great i mean just like I'm seeing things from like Angelico jumping off of like the top of the warehouse or, you know, El Patron going through the glass with Johnny Mundo and there's just mm-hmm. random crazy things everyone's doing. And it, like I went to one taping and like, you know, you lose your mind on it. And sure. it's crazy. Like it's a, it's a great crowd. I'd say that I'd compare that crowd to the PWG crowd. Where um, do they film that at? They film it in Boyle Heights. It's like literally like that warehouse. Oh, okay. So the way it works out, at least the way I saw it, um, season two taping was, you know, you all line up, you check in, um, you go in, there's maybe they're serving beers inside or there's like merch and you, you know, walk around, then they let you in the temple. And the whole taping was maybe only like a couple hours, which was great. Um, and the band is playing beforehand and, you know, you can, there's like a, a backing where you can get your photo taken in front of the logos and all that. And, uh, and then there's taco trucks outside. So, you know, it's a cool, it's a cool like community event. It's definitely fun. Yeah, it's, um, it's something I'm looking to do when I get back out yeah. there, hopefully full-time. I wanted to do that. I wanted to go to some more PWG shows. Sure. Uh, I don't know if you know Peter Avalon at all. I've heard the name. Um, he, he wrestled in TNA for a short time as Norv Furnham. Didn't, didn't know that name. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the nerdy guys that EC3 <laughs> would be fed and oh, wow. <laughs> you know, all the time. And he, <laughs> he kind of had like a, a nerdy underdog kind of character. Okay. But anyway, he's a decent friend of mine who uh, who wrestles a lot of like indie stuff around there and Oh, cool. So I'm gonna kind of have I want to I want to nerd out a little bit because I mean you know how it is you know yeah. if you're a stand up comic you know I don't watch much stand up comedy you know because that's right. my job yeah but you know like, so I'll, even if something's great but I'll, wrestling I'm never gonna be a wrestler so I want to nerd out and soak that in it's like I'll listen to Jillian wrestling podcasts but like comedy podcasts like eh, oh. no I can't. Right. I yeah I can't like I I can't tell you the last time I watched someone's Netflix special and no. like I always enjoy when when I'm at shows. 
I have a great time. I can laugh. I'm not that guy. Like I still enjoy people who are funny. I'll laugh, but like it's it's work. You know, I yeah. love it, but it's still my job. When I'm not doing it, I'd rather watch football. I'd rather watch wrestling. I'd sure. rather play video games. It's just it's too much. Like I. I I've been doing this 10 years now. Yeah. I don't necessarily need to consume all of my free time, you know, scribbling notes and soaking up comedy. Right. And with me, usually like I'm alone or I'm on my own, but if I'm ever doing a show like with other comics, that's when I discover other comics. Cause like there's a guy uh, who's on Conan. He's done some stuff. Sammy obeyed. Yeah. I know Sammy. Up, yeah. He's, he's a mate. He's hilarious. Like he was joke like I want to go to a Trump rally and hold and hold up a sign that says Muslims for Trump and see what happens. <laughs> so he's great to discover him. I mean, I knew some other comedians just from when I was starting, and now I'm Facebook friends with them. Or uh, I mean, I did see like the most recent. Sometimes my wife just wants to see stand up comedy like a special. Sure. So we saw Lisa Lampanelli's latest comedy special, and she's like thin <laughs> Lisa Lampanelli, which you know it's it's the, it's the same shtick. But I mean, when she was doing her first or second one, like inside an improv comedy club, and it was being filmed, like that was be- unglued. Like oh, absolutely. Amazing. And that's generally not a style I enjoy of comedy. Right. But you're exactly right. Like just kind of seeing her in that context, right. like an intimate kind of context sure. is fantastic. And the thing is like our lives and wrestlers lives. I think the also cool thing is like they're so similar. Just like uh, so yeah. many comics want to be wrestlers and so many wrestlers want to be comics. It's the weirdest thing. It's but it's like the lifestyle is so similar because like, you know, oh. we're all trying to do our rental cars and our flights and we're all independent contractors. And, you know, they have their you, you, all, you all do shit shows for years for yep. 20 bucks or no money and yep. just for the experience so that eventually hopefully you can get discovered and make it big and. Yeah, we have our jokes. They have their move set. We have our closer. They have their finisher. Exactly. You know, good audience, bad audience, uh, heckler, all that. Yeah, it's it's so similar. Like, can I work? Can I say stuff that I, am I allowed to say this or say this at this show? Or, yeah, it's completely. You're like dependent. That's the weird thing about NXT is like they're dependent on only that one audience, which is kind of interesting. I mean, it's yeah. a great audience, but it's like. It's like to have only them be like the barometer is kind of interesting. Yeah, and, and that audience is very much look at me, look at me, yeah, look at me. Yeah, they're in love with themselves. That, and it's kind of interesting. We've seen it a couple times already with what works in a small, intimate setting like that right. doesn't always translate. Like Adam Rose, yes, amazing in NXT. That entrance was super cool because yep. it was like it was small enough to be a party. Right. You get that in a arena of 20,000 people. It's like, oh, this is just weird. I don't want to see this. Even like the Finn Balor entrance, like in NXT, mm-hmm. it's just a small little thing. But like the Finn, like in a, down the ramp, it's like, that's a lot of crawling. So we got to like, oh, work yeah, around see. that to, to make it, you know, move. But uh, yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's just like, it's so interesting because like we want all these people up at the main roster and then they get to the main roster and it's like they have to deal with like the timing of a TV show. So it's not like the purity, like NXT in 2015, before they started like the women's revolution and all that, like, Mm -hmm. it was like, you got to grow with these people and, you know, and you'd see how they would build one after another. Now it's kind of like, it's a, such a hybrid, like it's a free for all. You've got the people from the cruiserweight spilling in, you've got the outsiders from like 
that used like Austin Aries that have been established spilling in your, your Bobby Roode, right? Your which is a, which I mean, I bought that theme song just as much as anyone. Oh, uh, there's no way he can be a heel <laughs> with that theme song. It's right. impossible. That theme song is amazing. It, it's such over the top, campy nonsense that it's the best thing I've heard all year. I've tried to play it like before my comedy shows, like over through my phone and it's just, it sounds weird out of context. <laughs> sure. Like, is this absolutely. some like aberrated like church song? Like what is this going on right now? Oh um, yeah. I went to the, uh, they did an NXT show in Pensacola and it was a couple of weeks before his actual official okay. takeover debut. Uh-huh. Uh, but he wrestled on the show against uh, Orny, uh, Orny, Orny Logan. Lincoln, yeah. Or whatever. I can't even yeah, say his name right now. But yeah, that rude was amazing. Like it's, it's so over the top and wow. just hearing that theme music and, oh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on like the Ty Dillinger is very good to, to me on social media. So I'm like, I'm hoping he gets, uh, he gets, I don't know, get, he's going, he's going somewhere. I can tell they're starting. So, oh, I mean, I liked him back when he was Sean Spears and back from them and, and, and not that I was close with him or anything, but he right. would always tweet back usually if I yeah. mentioned something like he, he seems like a really good guy that, you know, you probably, you probably know him a little bit better than I would, but, but I want to see him do well. The, the gimmick is, is entertaining. Yep. It's easy. It's la- the 10 chance are easy yeah. to latch on. Yep. I mean, I can't do them, which is <laughs> not cool, but so if next time you talk to him, if you can let him know, uh, I'm, I'm a little a offended by that. I'd appreciate it's it. But five and a five. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do something that's a five. Five slash five. Uh, yeah, because the cool thing was with him was, I mean, my kid will do 10 stuff that I'll send to him. But my wife, I got for our 10th anniversary, I got us the 10 shirts. So we did that. Okay, yeah, I, I saw Vegas, the, uh, so that was cool. the profile Yeah, it's my profile of, pick of now. So I made that, make that count. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What a what mouth diarrhea about wrestling. Man, I feel like I've been pumped Oh, up. God. <laughs> Anyone who does not care about wrestling has just been very bored Sorry. for the last uh, Guys, <laughs> 15 minutes or so. It's better than any reality TV. It's better than half the sports out there. It's better, oh, than, I- better than golf, better than NASCAR. Uh, fine. The four sports, I'll let hockey, baseball, football, basketball, whatever. Soccer, not we'll see. That's tie. It's close with soccer. Sure, yeah. See, I, I've always found that people who, at least people that I've talked to, who don't like wrestling, mm-hmm. don't like it for the wrong reason. Right. You know, like like if you don't want to like it because it's goofy and it's over the top and it's sometimes racist and <laughs> you know, there, there's <laughs> a lot of stupidity that happens with yeah. it, and I understand that. But most people want to be like, well, it's fake. Yeah, because Walking uh, Dead is a documentary about what happened in Atlanta uh, in like, 2006. Like that, yeah, like that's what saying happened. Saying like all Muslims are ISIS, like it's so stupid. Just yeah, it's it, not. It, it, it it misses the point. Yeah, because you know Game of Thrones. I think King's Landing is somewhere in Norway, I believe, because yeah. that's a real thing where there's dragons over there and. Oh wait, wait, no, that that's fake too. So by your logic, <laughs> you're not allowed to like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's okay if you don't like it. Just don't like it for the right reason. That's all I ask. Yeah. I mean, I still really can't. My wife, no matter what, is not a fan. She'll go to the events, but mm-hmm. and I'll try to show her some high spots, but I just can't get her to fully commit. And it's because her thing is the bachelor, bachelorette. Okay, bachelor sure. Bachelor in paradise. That's her guilty pleasure, but you know that is more scripted than freaking WWE. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. You, you see, you gotta watch, just watch the right stuff. Um, maybe a little Enzo and Cass. That yes. seems to have some uh, some kind of more cultural yes. appeal. Like everyone can kind of get into that. I've heard a lot of stories of like people saying, "Oh, I think wrestling's stupid, but I think Enzo's funny." I know, you know, Enzo's something like a, that is amazing. Like. There was a wrestling writer that called him a revelation on the mic, so I let that writer know that I said those exact same things when uh, we went to a 
uh, uh, Florida live event like uh, mm. a few months after Beckett's thing. So they recognized Beckett. So we got to meet some of them after. And that was, yeah. Oh, very cool. That's where like I got to, and I got to connect up with like Bull Dempsey, who's uh, probably, I guess, of all the wrestlers, maybe I'm most connected to him, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was cool. Like Enzo's, he was very gracious, very nice guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's always good to hear. Like I, I've actually got to meet and befriend more wrestlers from doing comedy nice. than I ever would have doing wrestling. Because nice. <laughs> in hindsight, I know what my my uh, glass ceiling was for wrestling, and it was not very <laughs> high. Like I, I know where that was. Comedy, I can do a lot more, and it's let me meet a lot of these guys and work with some of these guys and stuff. So it's been very cool. I just don't know what I would do. Like I'd want to be involved, but I my dream spot, and this is what I should have said to like Stephanie and Triple H when I met them. Like first of all, I want I should have had a photo with me trying to arm wrestle Triple H. That's what I would have sure. gotten for second chance. My spot would be like if Kevin Owens is like in the ring, like cutting a promo on how he's like better than like everyone and all that. Like I'm a better wrestler. I'm a better athlete. I'm a better person. I'm a better champion. And then he starts like walking around the, to the, to the apron and walking around to the barricade. And he's like, I'm a better person than you. And he starts pointing at random fans. And then like, he points to me and he's like, I'm a better father than you. And then I say something back to him and then he just grabs me and like throws me onto the mat. And then he'll just throw me back over the barricade. That's my dream. Uh, oh, James that, Ellsworth moment. I would like nice. to have in WWE. <laughs> oh, and, and I think that's every nerdy yes. uh, comics, uh, like wrestling fantasy. Uh, every time I go to live shows, um, you know, with people I know, mm-hmm. you know, I went to a show with uh, the Young Bucks were on before. And I was like, hey, if you want to, like, maybe accidentally super kick me while I'm in the front <laughs> row, I'll, uh, I'll gladly allow that. Uh, if you want to go ahead and do that, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, it hasn't happened yet, but that's the uh, <laughs> that's At the plan. At least just push me, guys. At least get me to be like one of those uh, PAs backstage uh, in the corridor that you like push when you're just angry and want to just beat up everyone. I, oh I, yeah, I, I'd be cool. Yeah, with that. when I get back out to LA, that's one of the things I want to do with uh, with Peter Avalon. Uh-huh. Uh, do like some YouTube videos, things yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. You know, he's kind of gimmick. He's pretty Peter Avalon. He's kind of a scumbaggy kind of you know womanizer sort of gross guy and i want to have like idea i'd come up with is um my make a wish was going to be with the rock <laughs> uh, but the rock was busy so they gave me peter avalon instead <laughs> so uh he has to make the best of it so he'll do things like he's trying to make the best of it but he's such a scumbag he's like i bought you these gloves <laughs> so you need <laughs> why aren't you wearing the gloves i bought you and you'd also probably need like a liaison to the make a wish office to tell you this Exactly. Like you should probably have like an opening scene, like an office with the rep. And then you get the phone call saying, um, he's not available, but you're, you're, we have someone else if that's okay. And you're like, sure. And then, yeah. Then just, and then just just all kinds. And and he's a, he's a good friend of mine anyway. So we've kind of spit bits of things. And yeah. So I think I I just want to be involved in song, like it kind of the same way you say, you know, I don't. I'm not going to be WWE champion ever in my life. I'm not I mean, going to be that. But. Could I be a manager? I don't even know. Like, do I, I guess I'd have to go to wrestling school for that as well. Yeah, there's there, there's a lot more to it than I thought. I refed a couple of small indie shows, uh-huh. and even that was like, there is so much you got to <laughs> oh know God. what to do and keep track of. And like, I have so much respect for anyone who's part of that and yeah. makes it look 
seamless because it is not. It's, it is a lot of it's pressure. The best, <laughs> of the best. I mean, they're doing that. You can't take it for granted. I mean, oh, just, absolutely. Because you, you get so used to seeing it done well yep. that when you see it done poorly, including by myself when I tried to ref, <laughs> you're just like, man, that you can definitely tell <laughs> when it's someone like doesn't know what you, they're doing. You have to yell as a ref, but you also have to like stay at least four feet away from both of them at all times. Oh, exactly. That was the hardest part doing that and. Yeah. And just and plus, I kind of realized too, like I can't be a, a handicapped dude in the middle of that. It's going to draw attention. Like, it just, <laughs> there's just certain things like that where it's that's, a distraction. But I mean, for an indie show, I feel like that's amazing. Like to have you like, I like maybe like you apprentice like a, a wrestler, and then you're like you're their personal referee, and you can like start to do underhanded things to help them win every time. Exactly, I can un- underhanded quote unquote. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Well, Mr. Miller, I, I don't know what else to say. This was the most fun I've had. Oh, I appreciate time. you having me on. It was yeah. good catching up, man. It's been a long time since we actually got to talk talk. Yeah. No, we I, yeah, this is obviously with all of these these podcasts is amazing. I mean I'm having the longest conversations ever with people, so it's great. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, when I'm when I'm back out there we'll have to, to meet up and yes, go we'll go to over, a PWG show or yes, something and, and we'll come uh, over for a <laughs> For a pay per view or something like that. Exactly. P- play some play some Tech Mobile and just uh, <laughs> go yes. nuts. Let's be You'll Bo- get humbled by uh, by the half hand kid. Yeah, and be Bo Jackson and uh, just go crazy. I'll say I'm I'm pretty good at video games. My claim to fame growing up, I was the one kid in the neighborhood who didn't need the Konami code to beat Contra. So nice. So I'm um, legit. I got skills, my friend. Nice. So let's. So besides, how can they find you on like YouTube, website, all that fun stuff? Uh, so on on Twitter at uh, Ryan Niemiller, and that's N I E Miller like the beer. <laughs> uh, same thing on Facebook, uh, uh, YouTube. Uh, just look for me. I don't have like a full channel set up yet. I'm in right. the very very early uh, alpha stages of even figuring out exactly what I want to do. <laughs> right. But we can um, find but you eventually. On other that'll be coming. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna find that 30 minute set. <laughs> be doing that. Yeah, I'm, ve- I'm very talented. Yes, so. <laughs> I, I I attest to that. I verify. All right, cool, man. Well, yeah, have a good one, and we will we will talk soon when you're when you're out of Florida. Go uh, enjoy state tax free living. I guess. Oh, uh, living the dream, my friend. <laughs> living the dream. All right, man. Good catching up. All right, peace. All right, bye. All right, guys. That was Ryan Nee Miller. Comedian extraordinaire. Please check him out at Ryan Emiller on Facebook and Twitter and go to ryanemiller.com. Uh, I'm telling you, this guy, when he gets to LA, good things are going to happen. So, what about the good things happening on this podcast? Not going to make promises exactly who's on the next episode, but I will tell you this month Bon Jovi has a new album coming out. So, whether it's a fellow Bon Jovi fan, a friend of mine, or a journalist, or someone even in the inner circle, I will try to do my best to make these awesome episodes this month in Socially Awkward with Evan Wexell history. Uh, please check out the podcast website at awkwardwithevan.com. Uh, follow the podcast at Awkward with Evan on Facebook and Twitter. And if you can, for as little as a dollar a month, just I'll take quarters. Patreon.com slash funny Evan. Thank you very much. Please like, share, subscribe to the podcast uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Uh, write a sweet five star review, and I will be your best friend or at least your Facebook friend because that's what it's all about, guys. It's about being Facebook friends. Um, thanks for checking this out, checking me out, checking this out, and I will see you soon. 
Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. 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 Wexel.